With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. This! I remember this! This is an adventure! This is the memory! Live in the moment! Don't get old! Don't judge people! Because you can't be free if you judge people. Love now. Create. Inspire. Do save the day. And we are the Adventures of Hype Man, W4CY Radio, Simulcast K4HD Radio, and we are here in sunny South Florida where there is no sign of hurricane damage. Free and clear. But there is other things going on. There is other damage. There is other damage. But, uh, I'm getting conflicting stories uh, that we're going to talk about in a second about the hurricane. Uh-huh. Uh, but let's first introduce our pipe nuts. And there's something ironic about our pipe nuts today because we have an interview today with a band called Garat. Uh, they're out of France. And the lead singer, Julian, who we interviewed, his nickname or trademark name is Nuts and spelled the same way, N-U-T-Z. So mm-hmm. he's officially part of the Pipe Nuts family. Nice. Didn't I start that spelling of the Pipe Nuts and UTZ? Because I think I put it on something and you're like, okay, I guess that's the way we're going to start doing it. 
Maybe. You know you're nuts. <laughs> well, I do know. Do you know you're nuts, though? Do you really know you're nuts? That's the question. I mean, do you, do you, Captain Nutzer, do you inspect your nuts? Well, I was I was talking mentally. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not physically. My bracelet just. Fell. I inspect my cashews and pistachios all the time. Yeah, maybe you, you never know what kind of things might be in there. Inspect for pain. Pain's not a good thing. I I examine my lady nuts. Nothing worse than those are molding. lady lumps. Nah, I mean you got. I hope they're, our, I hope our, they're not nuts. Our nuts are up top. <laughs> Nothing worse than moldy nuts. Yeah. Don't you agree, swamp nut? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, she lives in the swamp bayous, so there must be a lot of moldy nuts there. Uh, am I right? Oh, yeah, that get right in there, and, uh, you know, you got the swamp nuts all moist, and, you know, you got to clean them up. Tell us, give, give us a little blow-by-blow, blow, no pun intended, uh, description of how you clean them up. <laughs> it's always that blowing thing, or, you know, take a nice, warm, wet rag, and you just kind of gently massage it you know of course you could be brutal and just like just hammer it out open and let them hang on out hang Free them on out nut. well welcome to the show swamp nut oh thank you thank you very much sorry to stop you from uh you know busting a nut oh wow all right Oh, that's your job. And then we got Peanut over here that seems to think her breasts are nuts. Are you saying mm. that you think your breasts are that small? They're my lady testes. <laughs> mm. You know, this stuff's getting ridiculous already. We I, don't know what gender people are anymore. <laughs> now we don't even know what the difference of a nut and a breast. I know. I, I say these things just for the wow factor, to be quite honest. Like, I just like being so unpredictable. And even my best friend of like 10 years, she looks at me. She's like, after all this time, I still never know what's going to come out of your mouth. Nice. I said, Thank you. So, yeah. so do you prefer lady nuts or man nuts? You know what? It just depends on the day. Mostly man nuts, though. Even though you're usually the one that's doing the, uh, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? We're talking about the tea bagging. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's funny. He uh, he he texted me today too. Oh, did he? Yeah, he's like, hey, how are you? I haven't talked to you in a while. I haven't seen him since Fort Rock, or really oh. talked to him. He's getting so, married, or is he a different one? No, he's the no, he's a different one. He's the one I met at he's, Fort Rock. He's the gay yeah. one. He's not the gay one. Okay, he's not the gay one. He's not the married one. He's the one she punched in the face. No. Well, how how are we supposed to know which one it is if it's not one of them? <laughs> Listen, it's hard to know. keep up. Yeah, right? I don't know. I feel like I have zero game, and then you, like, tell me all these things. I'm like, yeah, maybe I have more game than I think. I, I think you got a lot of game. I have a question for you, though. It's, like, burning in my mind right now. Okay. Okay, so when you go and you meet guys at places, or not meet guys, but when guys are, like, that you don't want to be with, or like trying to hit on you and stuff. Do you like grab their nuts till they fall to their knees? No. You might want to consider that. That would encourage them. No, I just I, I not if you do it that way. You know the old saying like if you're busy with another dude, that dude will like leave you alone. That that's not the case in my book. Like I'll sit there and try to look super busy so my stalker will not talk to me, and he just he didn't get the hint. 
And have you tried not going to the places where he shows up? No, to? no wait, why no, should she no. stop going to her favorite haunts just because this dude can't get the picture? Well, well because there's nothing else you could do. So like the solution, you don't want somebody stalking well, you. Don't go to places where he's going to stalk you. Well, my best friend and his brother, you met the brother. They like literally <laughs> they had a conversation with him and he hasn't bothered me since then. I don't know what they said, but. They had a I know what the conversation would be if I was talking to him. I mean, my best friend is a little bit shorter than the uh, his brother. I mean, you you met them both; they're pretty tall dudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> he, that guy is maybe a little. The my stalker is probably a little bit shorter than you, so it wasn't gonna go well in his favor. They are very overprotective. Yeah, well, I mean, my standard line in that situation would be, listen. You bother her again, I'll kill you where you stand. I'm sure that's what one of them said. I, I can guarantee you. They are very overprotective. Like, we went to the mall the other day, and they both were, like, right in, fr- like right in front of me. And then they noticed, like, one, I was in the back by myself. So one went in the back, and the other went in the front. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, hey, wait, wait, sure wait, wait. What are we talking about going in the back and the front? What? We were in I'm the sorry. mall. In the mall. Rebel. I'm not. Oh. I'm not getting double. So teamed. you could do that in the mall. It is the Wellington Mall. <laughs> okay, true. And I was like, "What are you guys doing?" They're like, "We're just making sure you're okay. Nobody fucks with you." And I'm like, "Oh my god, we're at the mall. Calm down." They're like, "You never know. There's creeps everywhere." Well, everywhere. that that gets to be a little much. Like now you have no freedom. Like you're like a prisoner. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> but I will say it's funny when you have somebody my size that says that to people. They worry. Like, yeah. when it's a big dude, it's like, okay, it's a big dude, he's going to kick my butt. Yeah. But when a dude my size says it, especially, like, I've gotten up to, like, six foot four, 300-pound dudes, and I'm like, I'll kill you right where you stand. <laughs> a dead, serious look on my face. And they back up. Like, like that's, that's your crazy. only, well, that's your only defense when you're my well, size, because they think you're freaking crazy. And um, the brother is more overprotective than the best friend. Like, the best friend will just let stuff go. The brother, not so much. He just, he he doesn't play games when it comes to me. He just, he's like, no, no, no. You gave me the wrong look. And he's like, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, stop. So we're at Renegades on Friday. Like always, you know, that's, that's my place to go. And Dirk Bentley was in town, so the after party was at Renegades. And I'm, I'm standing there. I've been there the whole night, and these little freaking hipster kids petting my back. Like, they were petting it to see if it was real. I let it go a few times because they're drunk. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to entertain them. And it, it's human, you know, it's, it's a human interest story. I, I get that. I've lived with it. I get it. It, it aggravates me that you can't just sit there. <laughs> I mean, I guess ask me to touch it. You can't it. just go up to someone I'm, and touch them just I'm, because you randomly want to cop I, a feet. I don't know if I'd want to pet it. I would want to like try to see if it's like a handle and you could pick her up with it. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. I'm no, I have about. I have a hump in my back. My I have scoliosis. Really, I had scoliosis really bad. And yeah. my spine... Well, my spine shoved my rib cage all the way up to my shoulder blade. So it is kind of like a handle. It is kind, I guess. So like I have, I do have a hump. I don't think it's as big. It's not as big as it used to. It's slowly going down. Can you cue up a song while she's talking, please, Chad? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna do the Black Eyed Peas? My hump. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> Were you? He knew it too. Yeah, that used to be. I used to play that 
in school just for comical relief. So people would sit there and think, or it would play like the Quasimodo theme song. Heather Brunette sister and I got up one night after they stopped Chad and Heather stopped performing and sung song at Nicole's I I would I would if this song ever came on I would like shake my butt and point to my back <laughs> see 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 I call, I call it my lovely lady lump it's like a Prada bag not everybody can have one only there you the, go. Only and the Prada ch- bags have handles sometimes yeah see are you but, kidding me? No, I call, I really do. I call it my lovely lady lump. Like, I have nicknames for all my deformities. Like, um, I have uh, I have metal clamps in my neck, and it looks like a dinosaur spine, so I call it my dinosaur. And my thumb is my Nemo hand, because you know how Nemo has his lucky fin? I have my lucky hands, my Nemo. <laughs> nice. People are just like, what is wrong with you? Why are you naming your deformities? I said, why not? Hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> come on, that's a good attitude. That's a fresh, positive attitude. And my toes, like they... What are we going to name rebels to form I don't know. My toes have separation anxiety. They can't separate. Rebel, describe your deformities so we can name them. Um, I'm at a loss for words because I don't exactly know what deformities See, you're referring the to. The people out there are... Oh, lot, you have a lot of Like, them. the people out there are like... I'm not really sure if I should laugh that this girl names her deformities or like I'm really confused. Am I going to hell or is it okay? Like, <laughs> can I have a sign? Because when well, I was telling my best friend when we well, started, well, at least be- your deformities are obvious, unlike rebels. Yeah, I own my deformities though. Like, uh, we we're Friday also. Of course, you own them. You can't get rid <laughs> of them. It's not like you can return them. I know. Here, mom, have them back, please. Oh my god, that was my favorite thing in high school. And people were like, do you know you have a disability? And I'm like, what? Well, what do you mean? Well, it's like people walk up to me and they're like, do you know your hair is blue? Yeah. And I'm like, where? I turn around. I'm like, where? I had um, health class. These girls were telling me that um, if they touched me, that they could get my dis- like my back disease. So the bitch that I was in high school, I would just accidentally rub my back on them. Be like, oops, sorry, I tripped. You might want to go get a shot. <laughs> and I walk away. I, I would w- totally do that. That would be great. Like, everybody thought I was, like, a bitch in high school, but I feel like I really wasn't. Like, you were just assholes to me, and I was just feeding back what you were giving me. There you go. But yeah, no, like there was this girl at, you know, the bar. She was, I was wearing, um, I was wearing an off the shoulder top. I love off the shoulder tops. It's hot. And she was just like, I can't believe. And it shows off your lady hump. Yeah, it does. Sometimes I have to have, my best friend will have to pull my shirt up because it'll, it'll slide down. And he, she was just like, I can't believe she's okay wearing a shirt like that with her back. And I was just like, are you really mad that I'm prettier than you, even with my back? I was like, you're just a stank bitch. And I walked away. <laughs> my best friend was like, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go. I was like, why? What's wrong? He's like, you're gonna fight somebody today. I was like, see? See? I was. I was so. Between the petting and that, some people honestly need to be punched in the face. Like, I feel like you get your butt kicked by a cripple. Like, so I have a serious question for you because you're somebody that, you know, maybe would be approached for this okay Okay. (laughs) if i haven't already (laughs) okay but i'd like to know what your thoughts are on people that join freak shows at first it really like you know i would i was asked that i was asked that you know if i would and i used to like be appalled by the situation when i was younger 
but since I started, since I joined Fright Nights, I really do believe that Fright Nights helped me, but alongside with Courtney, except my disability and like really made me become who I am about my disability. So, so I'm not opposed to it. So exploiting your deformities has increased your self-esteem. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, like I, I know that sounds so bizarre, but like when you get into a place like Fright Nights where everybody is weird. I don't think it sounds bizarre at all, actually. You, you're finally like... I, I don't know, like, I, I get hit on You're that. You're amongst your people? Yeah, I'm amongst my people. I'm not the disabled girl. I'm just a freak like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he calls everybody freaks. So it's not like it's an insult to us. We're just like, yeah. And, like, I was telling my best friend why I do it. I was like, I feel at home. Like, that's my home. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm accepted there. I'm not looked at as a poor disabled girl or anything. I'm just one of the freaks that want to make kids pee themselves. Nice. So I do feel like, you know, I don't know if I would go as far. I don't think maybe I'm not as comfortable as joining a, a for real freak show. Yeah, because, you know, I could just imagine, okay, see, you could uh, be in this real freak show where you're hanging by your hump by hooks. My word! Um, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not there yet. I probably will never be at the hook part. Like, <laughs> I feel like Ugh, that's a little extreme. Um, yeah. Extreme so, I mean, she's like suspended by needles and and hooks and I things. Mean, I but mean, she's got a handle. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I am like, I I love the fact. It's like hanging a shower curtain, actually. I mean, like it kind of gives oh. fright nights like a a good um makeup thing because people do think my back is fake right they're like oh my god that's some well, badass makeup well that, like, that's the other thing and i'm too, like, it's like real. yeah well that's the other thing though being in that type of environment opposed to a freak show people probably don't even realize it, that it's, it's real, real. It, it bothered me the first year i did fright nights like i'm not gonna lie like i i went home and cried a lot and courtney like kind of had to sit down and explain to me like what the like where I was at and you know how would I think about it if I was in their shoes and I was like okay I I understand that well think about how many times in some kind of environment like that do they have somebody dressed up as the hunchback in Notre Dame no and I get it now I was also young I was like 20 and I still wasn't very comfortable in my own body so I went back clothes I never like showed my back I think Honestly, I think there's like maybe one picture of me and my with my back and it's me on the beach with my niece and nephew and that was like years ago. And I'm trying to get my friend to come over and do like um and uh, I I've I haven't seen it since that one picture and I want her to do like a a photo shoot to like not necessarily be like a sexy photo shoot but to get the word out like this is also beautiful. You know, Victoria's Secret models, they're gorgeous. They are too, but so am I. Yeah, but they're photoshopped. You're I real. I always be gorgeous. They're actually too doggone skinny. They look like they're anorexic sometimes, and they look like they need That's to eat. you, because you, you describe that about people that are like normal weight, okay? Yeah, she says, I need a cheeseburger, and I think I'm not I'm not. That I mean, skinny. I'm not going to disagree with you. There's some that don't, you know, and it is a turnoff if they're too Rip skinny. Cage is out where I can play the xylophone on it. Hey, man, I'm thinking you're too I'm, skinny. Uh, yeah, but I, I want to, like, put out the word that you know 
what I have also is beautiful just because it's not the norm. And, you know, everybody's like, you've got such a beautiful personality. Why are you still single? I have a disability. Like, truth be told, like, that is the hardcore truth. Like, I'll talk to somebody on the Internet, and I, I'm open on my bio about what I have. And I'll ask them if they've read my bio, and they said no. And it wasn't. It was recently, I actually cried over it too, to be quite honest. Like I just was in my feelings about it. Me and this dude were gonna meet up and before I wanted to like go out to dinner with him, I wanted to make sure he knew, you know, my disability. To me, I don't think I need to tell people about it, but I talked to other non- I think it's easier on you though, because if you don't tell them and somebody shows up and like freaks out or acts yeah, weird, that's at least they're prepared Yeah, for that's it. why my, my sister's the one who was like, do you have to, because you don't, you don't know people are assholes and i said okay i agree so i asked him you know if you read my bio he said no why i was like well i just wanted to be up front with you i do have a disability it is a visible disability but you know i i live a very normal life it doesn't hold me back but i you know i just wanted to let you know before we go on this date in case you didn't want to go on it he never replied read it never replied mm. Like, I was like, all right, well, you... Oh, screw that. You don't need anybody like that I was that like, anyway. you're a douchebag. So I was just like, all right, whatever. The reason I can talk about these things with you is because I have the utmost respect and esteem for you with your disability. Like, if I was uncomfortable with it, then I wouldn't be joking with you about it. And if I didn't think you had the strong mind and strong self-esteem, I wouldn't joke about you with it either. I'd be like, I joke about it all the time. That being said... Okay, so when you do have sexual relations, do like guys want to like hold on to your back like they hold on to a stirrup? On, no, uh, not a stirrup, but the part of the saddle I mean, on like, the horse. I don't know what they do. They just don't. I think the only guy that, there was only two guys that I've been with. That. Do they prefer to do you from behind because they're scared they might hurt you if they do it traditional oh, style? Lord. Seriously, what are you? Where do you come up with this know. stuff? What do you mean where do I come up with? She has a hump on her back. Some people may sit there and think when she lies down, it hurts to lie on the like hump. I feel like they wouldn't want... Especially if somebody's pressing on it. I feel like if... I feel like they are comfortable if they are comfortable enough to do it from the back then they are fully okay with my disability so to me if that's the way they want it it's more a turn on for me because I know they truly accept it and it doesn't bother them to look at it have you ever gone to like a fetish party or a fetish no club? that's on my like to-do list though well because honestly and I'm not saying this in a bad way but that would be a fetish for some people so that might be where you find your guy because you might have a guy that not only is okay with it, but, like, <laughs> has been dreaming about your hump his whole life. Yeah, I know. And, like, my si- and I was saying something about my sister. I was telling my sister about that. And I was just like, I don't want somebody to want me for my disability. My sister's like, why? That's No that, doubt. That's what. That's- why do why you think midgets get oh, lots of God. sex? No, wait a minute. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> First of all, um, you got to watch a fetish or kink whatever you want to call it because that might be the the play thing that that might not be the full-time thing yeah, yeah you're you're right Fantasies. yeah but you kink. go there and that's that his fantasy and then if he wants to go on a date after that then you are who you are on the date and if it works out it works out if it doesn't yeah, there it doesn't. you go you just never know unless you try but there's a lot of times people you know sometimes not a lot of times but sometimes people fulfill their fantasy yeah and then 
you know, they thought it was just going to be a one-time thing, and then they are so, like, enamored that now something else develops. Yeah, and I also, like, dating in my generation, I mean, I guess it's, like, I, I talk to, like, people my mom's age, and yada, 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 it's kind of all the same with dating now, like, you know, a lot of people, if you're not having sex on the first date, they're kind of just not interested anymore, and I'm, I'm not like that, like, I'm not a very, I'm you know, I have to have, I'm what you call demisexual, and I, that means you have to have a connection with somebody in order to be with somebody, so I feel like I just can't. I hate all these labels. Do you know what a sapiosexual is? What? Somebody that has <laughs> sex with, I don't even know, I couldn't even tell you. With homo sapiens. No, that's not what it is, but okay. that would be a good answer. I love you, that you knew that that was where I was going. There you go. Word. See that? Word for word. So, no, a sapiosexual is somebody that can only get sexually turned on uh, because of intellect. Like, they can only, they're only into people that, you know, are intellectuals. Okay. So, they're into, the brain turns yes. them on and yeah. opposed to the body. Yes. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I just, there's just, just so many factors with me dating and it's exhausting to be quite honest I just don't understand why there's so many sexuals like just be who you are why does there have to be a name for it this is what you're into like everybody's into certain things so why does it have to have a label just yeah do what you do like to me what I do behind closed doors is between me and that what's your sexual label uh, swamp nut super freak (laughs) super freaky what I didn't have a label. I'm sorry. I came tagless. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that but, was amazing. But even the tagless shirts nowadays, they have the label on the inside of the shirt. It's just there's no tag. So there's still a label. Rebels are dominant. I don't think so. <laughs> you would be surprised. Well, why no, does it have to be no, dominant or submissive? There's like 10,000 labels. Those are only two she can make. I don't know. I don't Definitely know all the labels. not submissive. I could tell you that. <laughs> I think she, I think she's more of a, uh, like, she's into centaurs. What the, what is this? No. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I had to think for a second what a centaur was. Any kind of animal at all. Okay. No. But the centaur has human sexual organs. Oh. No. Because <laughs> it's the top half of the butt. Is it the top half or the bottom it's half? It's the top half is man, bottom, half bottom. Oh, oh, oh. So if it's a female, no. then at least it has breasts, but the bottom. But centaurs are usually males anyway. Yeah, I, think. I don't think I've ever seen a female centaur. That would be hot. I don't know. <laughs> it's like weird when you say merman. Like you're like, what? There's merman. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, but like, it's stupid. It's yeah. See, that's where you're taking gender equality just too far. Just let them be mermaids, please. Yeah. Why or now you have waitresses and then waiters. But then you know the argument for those people, is, you know, that want equality as well. How do you think there's like other mer? Hey, who are you gonna have sex with? A mermaid has to have sex with a merman. I want to know how they do that though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all you gotta do is watch go? TV. Where, where does it go? Well, where, where do you think it goes? I've never seen a hole there or a zipper. Just because you see it doesn't mean it's not there. I got the seamless zippers. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of like on fish when there's the gills closed, you don't know it's there until it opens up. Oh, that's touche. Yeah, so right, it's like 
It's a flappable vagina. I think I'm going to market that. That's gross for one. Well, there's flappable penises. You want equality? Have a flappable vagina. My brother used to call it a thunder clap. <laughs> he used to do it too when he was younger. He used to take his balls and then a smack. Oh, boy. And you watched? No, he would just come out of the room and you could hear it in the hallway. Oh, so you would just sit and listen? No. You could still... I mean, he had his pants on. You would sit and listen as somebody was massaging your hump. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Actually, it does feel good, though, when you massage. I don't care. It feels good. All right, so here's what we need to do. <laughs> Get off <your> <laughs> And Chad's like, good Jesus. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about... Uh, some weird traffic patterns that happened when the pipe man drove home last night and the pipe man drove here today. Uh, and then I found out some additional information. Thank God I read the Spanish news or I wouldn't have known what was going on this morning because it wasn't in any other news except the Spanish news. Um, but anyway, we have an interview coming up and I'm very excited about this interview and you should be too. So stay tuned. Now the Pipe Man Radio Tour is going to be resuming. We're also going to be talking about later in the show. I did press coverage for the Scorpions and Queensryche right here in South Florida. Great show. We're going to talk about that. And I'm leaving Friday for the Pipe Man Radio Tour fall session. And uh, we're going to start out with Bourbon Beyond. And then we're going to Radio Show. And then we're going to Louder Than Life. And then we're going to Rock Allegiance. And then we're going to Aftershock. And then we're going to uh, Surf City Blitz. Then we're going to Scallywag. So we'll talk about that. And maybe we'll have some, you know, stuff going on later in the show. So you guys stay here. Meanwhile, stay tuned. We'll be right back here on the Adventures of Pipe Man W4CY Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, any Anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Robbie from the Hales. I'm Franco from the Hales. I'm Andre from the Hales. I'm Dylan from the Hales. I'm Zach. I'm the drummer. You're listening to W4CY Radio. Bourbon and Beyond 2018, September 22nd and 23rd at Champions Park with Sting, John Mayer, Robert Plant, and the sensational Spaceship, Vinny Kravitz. 
Counting Crows, David Byrne, Cheryl Crow, Brian Setzer, Kaleo, Government Mule, Keb Moe, and so much more. For all the details, go to bourbonandbeyond.com. The celebration of the spirit and soul of Kentucky. Bourbon and Beyond. This is Ernie C. from Body Count. You're listening to W4CY Radio. We say that Black Lives Matter. What you believe they really never have. Saturday, October 6th, pledge your rock allegiance with a special appearance by Limp Bizkit. Bringing all the hits. Papa Roach. This is my last resort. Motionless and white. Live at BB&T Pavilion and Wiggins Waterfront Park with Bullet for My Valentine, Skillet, Beartooth, Guar, Fozzie, and more. Cooks.com for ticket, VIP, and festival information. Monster Energy's Rock Allegiance. So come and get it! My name is Matthew Honeycutt Akubakan, and you are listening to W4CY Radio. There's no justice! Louder Than Life, Kentucky's largest rock festival, September 28th through the 30th at Champions Park with Nine Inch Nails, Avenged Sevenfold, Godsmack, Shinedown, Lip Biscuit, Five Finger Death Punch, Deftones, Breaking Benjamin, Slash, and more. Go to louderthanlife.com for all ticket, lineup, and festival information. Hey, this is Steve from Our Lady Peace, and you are listening to W4CY Radio. Rock Allegiance, Philadelphia's number one rock and roll party has returned. Saturday, October 6th at BB&T Pavilion. One huge day, three full stages of music with a rare special appearance by Limp Bizkit. Bringing all their hits. And Papa Roach. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Motionless in white. Monster Energy's Rock Allegiance is back. Saturday, October 6th, BB&T Pavilion in Wiggins Waterfront Park. Starring Limp Bizkit, Papa Roach, Motionless and White, Bullet for My Valentine, Skillet, Beartooth, Guar, Fuzzy, and so many more. Go to rockallegiance.com for all your ticket, VIP, and festival needs. Pledge your allegiance. We will Monster Energy's Rock Allegiance. So come and get it! to Pipe Man. We're back here on the Adventures of Pipe Man W4CY Radio and I do pledge my allegiance not only to Rock Allegiance but Bourbon Beyond, Louder Than Life, Aftershock, all upcoming festivals on the Pipe Man Radio Tour and then of course uh, Scallywag and Surf City Blitz. But right now I'm very excited because well uh, I have some very sad news I have to share with everybody. Do you want to know what it is? Of course. Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know. I think Rebel's going to really want to know what this is. Okay. I don't know if you were aware, Rebel, but about six months ago, there was a necro rabies pandemic. Were you aware of that? No. Uh, well, there was. And uh, I hate to tell you, you better watch out, Rebel, because uh, 
we are definitely going to have some rabid undead going on very shortly. And rabid. we, yes, and we, we have a special guest here with us today to tell us about that. So I want to welcome to the show the expert on this pandemic, Jeremy Wagner, also known from Broken Hope. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, you're the guitarist for the notable, you know, death metal group, Broken Hope. However, you've also discovered this pandemic that's going on right now. Can you tell us about it? Well, first question is, uh, do you and your crew there uh, have all your rabies shots up to date? I haven't, but I want to bite other people, so <laughs> I haven't gotten my shot yet. <laughs> well, spread the love. Spread the love. Yeah, the necro rabies, that's, uh, that's definitely the focal point in, in my new novel, Rabbit Hearts, which is coming out next month. And uh, it's a... Um, it's, uh, you know, sort of like a, you know, these viruses that you see in, in certain zombie horror culture things. The Walking Dead, you know, George Romero's Day of the Dead and whatnot. This one's a little different as it was actually spawned by a rabies culture that the government was experimenting with. And um, when it started running rampant, it really turned people into these rabid, you know, super aggressive uh, undead, kind of like what you saw, if you guys are familiar, 28 days later, that type of zombie, hyper aggressive and very fast, not slow, quick on their feet. And um, as this spreads, uh, the zombies in the book are actually nicknamed Cujos. So if anyone's familiar with the movie Cujo or the uh, book by the same name by Stephen King, uh, you'll automatically get that. Yeah, that was my first thought. I saw that in the description of the book. I'm like, oh, Cujo's, love it, you know. But uh, yeah, I I have to be honest. I, I I hate you know to like reveal this information, but I think your book is not really fictional. And but you have to make it like fictional, otherwise the government's going to come after you because I think they're really doing this crap. Yeah, hey, they're they're doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Especially with Trump in office, you, he, he, he's probably part of the experiment. Like, because he acts like a rabid dog on Twitter, so he must be part of the experiment. Dude, they got to put a muzzle on the guy. I'm telling you, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so For many reasons. <laughs> so I love how nowadays. Uh, you know, a lot of music artists are showing their other artistic abilities, whether it be, you know, books like you're doing, comic books, uh, you know, art, any, any of that stuff. Because it's funny. I'm sure you get it, too. Like, people may walk up to you and like, what do you mean you're writing a book? You're a musician. And, like, people are just so stupid. <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt about it. Like, it's all art, of course. If you're a musical artist, you probably have other creative outlets as well. And this is your creative outlet outside of music. When did that yeah, start, absolutely. though? Tell us when well, you that, started thinking I've about been, it. I, I've always been a writer. You know, I was a writer before I was ever a musician. You know, uh, when I was in grade school, I'd say really, you know, I started really when I was five years old. 
I'd write uh, adaptations of monster movies I saw on TV and start writing my own creepy stories. So my love of horror and of writing, you know, began, geez, probably around kindergarten. And then you tie that in with um, everything like Halloween and the creepiness that that holiday celebrated. Just went on from there, horror movies, horror magazines, comics, and then horror novels. My mom was always a big reader, so she was into dark fiction, mystery books, and horror novels. So I grew up with with books like that all around me. And then, uh, you know, um, not to date myself, but when I was in grade school in the 70s, <laughs> Stephen King first came out, like with Carrie, and followed that up with, you know, book quick quickly with books after that. So I started reading at an adult you know, level, and I wanted to be, you know, a horror writer, and it really all started there. And then I wrote, I've been writing my whole life, even with Broken Hope, I write all the lyrics for the band, I always have done that, and um, <clears throat> the only thing that changes, like, circa 1984, I discovered Metallica's Ride the Lightning, and that flipped a switch in my head, where I was like, you know what, I want to be a metal guitar player and do this so that started me on a whole different path but i always continued writing and and here we are and to your point about musicians doing other types of art i mean you know you got uh clown and and jay from slipknot those guys do really epic uh paintings and other kinds of photography artwork that's just mind-blowing and you got guys like uh jason newstead formerly of metallica he's a painter now and does that full-time and he's doing great stuff and um you know the thing with me is a lot of musicians too when it comes to books they write a lot of autobiographies uh about themselves so you know you got ozzy you got dave mustaine Corey taylor doing all this either memoirs or some type of nonfiction. I'm one of the only guys that I know of anyway that's from a metal band or just a band in general who's done um, 100% fiction. So this is like my third full-length novel that's being published and uh, I'm just a, I'm a fiction guy. You know, I like nice. telling stories. Nice. Well, and you know, uh, it's funny because it's not that far of a jump, you know, writing songs and, and writing a book, uh, you know, it's still writing, but it's a very different type of writing, which, which I want to ask you, what do you find is the difference for you in between writing a novel and writing a song? Um, both. Both are fiction, so they have that comment. The only difference is um, a, a, a song lyrically for me is like very short, obviously. I'm working with the parameters of, say, three minutes of music. So it's a very condensed, very heavy and quick injection of, of a story. I call it like micro horror fiction. That's what my lyrics are. They're actual stories, but they're so condensed and so short that, you know, it's bam, bam, bam. It's whatever, whatever length the song is musically, that's where you're going to get lyrically. So, um, but I'll tell you this, writing lyrics, you might think, okay, that they're short, they must be easy to blow out. I actually do a lot of research 
uh, for certain subject matter uh, for songs lyrically, just like I would with a novel. Novels are very, uh, obviously, in-depth, time-consuming when it comes to research and stuff. Lyrics can be the same way, you know, if, uh, at least for me. You know, I'm kind of like a control freak and quality control freak, so when I deliver anything I write, I want it to be, you know, the best it can be and a little bit different, so... There's similarities, and then there's the differences really come down to the length. You know, it's funny. You mentioned about people thinking writing a song, it's easy because it's quick, it's short. And me, my opinion, exact opposite. In fact, uh, my engineer here, who's also part of the show, uh, Captain, we call him Captain Nutster on the show, uh, he can attest to that because we wrote a song together uh, several years ago, and... I handed him, I'm a writer, I'm a published author, I handed him this thing, and he's like, what the hell is this? It's a book, not a song. <laughs> and, and he's the one that had to shorten it, because like I, it, it's, I find it much harder to shorten to a song length what your thoughts are going to uh, be on paper. That's my opinion. Right. Yep, yep, I agree with that. And I've had, you know, stuff I've turned into, you know, the... I don't sing, okay, so when I write all the lyrics, but our singer has to sing, and I, I've had our singer send me back to the drawing board, too, like a freaking editor at a publishing house going, <laughs> oh, this isn't long enough, or you could do better. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus H, really? But there you go, quality control. <laughs> there you go, that's funny. Uh, so going back to what you said about, uh, I wanted to, Go on a couple of points that you just brought up before. Going back to the 70s, because I was in grammar school in the 70s, too. And I, I want to share something interesting. with Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With you, the first real book I ever read, it was on my brother's bookshelf, who he was 11 years older than me. I was in like first grade and I read The Omen. I don't know what I oh, yeah. what anybody was thinking. Let me read that at first grade. I don't think anybody let me. I just grabbed it off the shelf and started reading it. It's funny because it wasn't until later that I realized, uh, really understood or comprehended what I was reading. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so there was my start. Yeah, the the omen. By the way, I just want to tell you something. I'm a huge collector of vintage horror paperbacks. And that, that Omen uh, book that you read was by written by David Seltzer. I remember that. I have that in, in a collection of horror 
paperbacks from the 70s, and that that's a great book. And it's funny you bring that up because the first full-length novel I ever read was the paperback edition of Jaws, right when Jaws was out in theaters. Wow. Um, my mother, all my aunts and uncles, everybody had a copy of Jaws. I mean, like, when it came out paperback, you couldn't go to any drugstore or any newsstand without seeing it there. And I was fascinated by the the cover artwork. You know, it's just like the movie yeah. uh, poster with the big giant shark, the chick swimming. You're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and so Jaws, Jaws was the first uh, quote-unquote adult novel that I ever read. And, uh, you know, when you're six years old or whatever, five or six when that came out and, you know, you see some swear words or some adult situations. It's great. Cause I'm like, Hey mom, what, what's this mean? You know, she's <laughs> like, what the hell are you reading? But I'm like, Hey, it's your fault, mom. It's your fault. I'm a horror guy to this day. So <laughs> there, there you go. It's funny. You should mention jaws because tomorrow on one of our other radio shows, we're having the screenwriter of jaws as a guest. So that's pretty ironic. Oh, no kid. Yep. Uh, Carl Gottlieb. Is that it? Is that who it is? is Captain Nutster. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, right on. Awesome, man. I, I'm a total Jaws nut, man. I, I nice. love that movie. I'm N- obsessed with it. Nice. So, yeah, uh, and, you know, you were talking about Carrie, and that's another thing about me, too, is, like, I miss those good old movies like Carrie and the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, you have all these redos, and I, I just think the original... It's like a lot of these the stuff before technology was way cooler because they had no technology. Kind of my opinion. I like yeah. that old school stuff where, you know, it, it's not all CGI and special effects. And I love special effects and CGI, but it's also kind of cool that the old, like, uh, how would I describe it? Cheesy effects. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, dude, you and I are cut from the same cloth, I swear. Because I'm a huge fan of practical effects. Um, to, to your point, like, 1982 movie, The Thing, by John Carpenter. Yeah. The practical effects in that movie, to this day, are unmatched and untouched. And, I, and like you said, I do like CGI when it's done right and, 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 and it works. But uh, I like you, man. I'm I'm into the old school practical effects, you know, uh, in, in old school horror movies from the '70s and '80s, and even down to uh, again when I talk about horror fiction and those vintage paperbacks and stuff I used to read from the '70s and '80s, they used to have like the best uh, book covers. I thought you don't see yeah. book covers even with modern horror that are like that, and if if you're familiar with uh, the Rabbit Heart cover artwork, I actually made it a point to kind of harken back to that classic horror novel cover art like they used to do. So you got the the girl on the cover with an M4 machine gun and blood splattered on her top and then, you know, this big, looming, evil uh, zombie face in the background. And... Um, the guy I worked with on that, which your listeners might care about or not, this trivia fact, is the guy who did my book cover, Claudio Bergerman. He's also the same guy that did the new 
Judas Priest album cover for that album, Firepower, I think came out this last year or two. Um, really awesome artist. So when I talked to him, I'm like, man, I really miss those old covers. I want to capture that vibe and bring back a quality cover artwork. Um, you know, and I sound like old man Wagner. I'm like, man, <laughs> I remember the old days when they had these great horror movies and horror covers. You know, but dude, I'm telling you, there's some things that just you you, you can't do better on, dude. You well, know? you know what's it's funny? Quite... I was just talking to my bro the other day, and it's like, did you ever think you would get to a stage in life where you were sitting there and saying about how things were, and like, it, it, <laughs> all, yeah. all of a sudden, you became your parent and said, "Wow," and ba 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 ba, and you know, but it's so true. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, I, I, it is true. I, uh, I just turned 48 like two weeks ago and I've got, I've got two stepkids in their twenties and they're, they're in bands and they love music and they, they, you know, whatever, love comics and video games, especially I was into, but the thing difference is like, um, I'm not the lump them in with, you know, all the, you know, cliched millennial thing, but I, Sometimes they, you know, they don't, they they don't work full time jobs yet. They, you know, they go to college and whatnot. But I find myself sometimes trying to tell them, like, you don't, you gotta understand the value of a dollar. When I was younger than you, I was had my first job washing dishes and blah blah blah. And then I stopped myself. This <laughs> age, man, you turned into your dad. Listen, no doubt. You know <laughs> what happened. <laughs> And, you know, you just revealed your age going to something else I was going to talk about that you touched on. So now I understand why your first introduction to Metallica was Ride the Lightning because you're 58 and I'm, I mean, 48 and I'm 51. So yep. my first introduction to Metallica was in 1981 at the Troubadour with Dave Mustaine and the band and 25 people there. And Dave Mustaine wow. hands me, after the gig, you know, they used to, how things were back in the old days at the Sunset Strip and the Troubadour and stuff, you know, the band came out and sure. hung out at the bar, and then you went to their house afterwards and partied all night long and, you know, all that stuff. But Dave Mustaine right. walked up to me and handed me a business card, and it said, Metallica, Power Metal, Dave Mustaine. And I wish wow. I had that today, because that would be... That would be unbelievable, uh, you know. And I, I've often fantasized, like, man, I wish I had that card so when I <laughs> interview Dave Mustaine, I could pull it out during the interview and go, hey, you remember this? You know? Yeah, remember this, man? <laughs> no uh, doubt. But, yeah, so uh, that's cool. I, now I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you a music trivia question. Having okay. The, so you brought up Jason Newstead. So yes, what correct. were the – what were the two bands he were he was in before Metallica? Well, um, I know. Okay, before Metallica, shit. I know Flotsam and Jetsam. Yep. Sure. Yep. Um, I know. I, I can tell you bands he was in after Metallica, but other the other that, band uh, that yeah, the other band that you're missing, he was in after Metallica and before Metallica. So maybe that helps. So you said he was in before and after Metallica. Yep. Same band? Same band. 
Oh boy. Gosh, I think I would know this. Um let's see, I know it wasn't Echo Brain. Nope. Because that that had to have been later. Um gosh. Yeah, man. Dude, I I don't know, man. I'm stumped. Voivod. Voivod. Oh wait, he was okay. I was gonna say Voivod, but then I thought Voivod um, had a different bass player before. Like I'm talking back in the eighties. Well, I don't know how. I don't. I don't remember how long he was in Voivod, but I'm pretty sure. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was in Voivod before and after Metallica. But may who knows how long it was before. Because I remember when yeah, I remember. Voivod came out with the new album after Metallica, and it, it was like, I remember reading news like he was back in Voivod, you know, type of thing. Right. Yeah, I remember when he did uh, did Voivod, he, he filled in and uh, joined them, and he was in uh, Ozzy, too, I believe. Yeah, yeah he was. tiny. Seems everybody time, right? was, yeah. It seems everybody was in Ozzy, f- <laughs> you know. But, know. but yeah, well, he was. He was in Ozzy. No, he's in Metallica. So how about this? I got to see Ozzy perform with Randy Rhodes on New Year's Eve, right before Randy died. No way. Yep. Where, where, where was that at? That was in L.A. Let me tell you the story too, because it's a great story. So I lived, yeah. I lived in Agora before it was like Agora Hills and everybody knew what it was when it was like a no- okay. nothing town. And uh, I lived in Lake Lindero and it was one of those things where, you know, I was an Aussie freak, okay? And me and one of my best friends, we did one of those things where we told our parents we were sleeping over each other's houses and we were actually going to Aussie. And so then we go now because I lived in Lake Lindero. How it worked is behind my house. There was a hill that went down to the lake. So when we got home from the gig, like which was in the wee hours of the morning, uh, we went down there to my backyard to the bottom of the lake because I knew my parents, my dad wouldn't see me from there. And we were just hiding Mm -hmm. out. And my next door neighbor, she comes out and she sees us and all the Aussie stuff. And she goes, Hey, uh, did you did you guys just go to Ozzy concert last night? We're like, yeah. She goes, stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Hold on. And uh, she goes and gets her husband, and the husband comes out and uh, invites us up to the house and into his studio in the house. And it was a, a studio that was wall to wall cassette tapes, <laughs> which is wow. dating things. Uh, turns out he was Ozzy's promoter like living next door to me and I never knew and so he gave us a bunch of cool Ozzy swag and then he gave me this cassette tape I still have it to this day he's like listen to this band they're not in America yet but they're going to be coming soon and they're huge and he played us the song fast as a shark uh-huh. Do you know what band that is? Oh, uh, Except. Yep, yep. It was Except before yep. they came to the United States. And, uh, wow. yeah, so that Great was band. that was my Night of Ozzy experience. But, yeah, Randy Rhodes was absolutely incredible. And he's still, to this day, probably my favorite guitarist of all time. 
Yeah, man. <clears throat> I love Randy Rhodes. I have a, a, I have a Randy Rhodes uh, limited edition Marshall head. It's white. Nice. Uh, just like Randy used to use. And I got that from a very good friend of mine, uh, Nick Bocott. If you, I don't know if you know him. If you remember uh, an 80s band called Grim Reaper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Nick was the guitar player in Grim, Grim Reaper, and then he went on to work for Marshall Amps for, for decades, and him and Zach Wilde actually partnered up and built uh, a tribute amp that uh, was a Randy Rhodes Marshall, and then I got one of those from Nick, and uh, one side is signed by Zach, and the other side is signed by Dolores Rhodes, Randy's mom. Wow. And uh, so that's a little crown jewel in my, my gear collection. But also regarding Randy, um, this might be of interest to you and your listeners. Uh, a good friend of mine, Paul Natkin, is from Chicago. And uh, he actually did, did the photos. He did photos of Ozzy and, and, on the Diary of, of a Madman tour, I believe when they came through and played this place at the time called the Rosemont Horizon, which was the big arena there, and every metal band played there. And he took some pictures and, and whatnot and, and then left the show. And one of those pictures that he took ended up being iconic. It's the Randy and Ozzy photo on the cover of the Tribute. Oh, yeah, album. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. so my buddy Paul... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Um, exceptional, awesome rock photographer. He took that photo and I have a print of that at my house as well. I just, like you, man, I just love Randy Rhodes. That's a classic picture too because, you know, I, totally, yeah, Ozzy I was always carrying Randy on stage. It was so cool, you know. The the, yeah. the synergy between the two of them, you know, was just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Coincidentally, I just was watching some footage or looking at photos of Ozzy and Randy when they played Day on the Green at, at Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, and uh, Randy. There's these, I've seen these pictures before, but I didn't know there's a little backstory to if you see pictures of Randy playing Dan the Green and he's like really laughing hard. It's because Randy's pants split right right <laughs> up the back and right through the crotch during their show, and he actually had to change his pants. So if you see other photos, you're like, why is he wearing a, a different <laughs> pair of pants? That's why, and it, it's just really weird coincidence. I was just looking at those like a few days ago. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw, yeah, speaking of, you know, random guitarists that played with Ozzy, I saw Ozzy too when, uh, you know, after Randy died, uh, Pat Travers filled in for a while. 
So that was a trip. Oh, wow, dude, that's crazy. Right? Like he had um, Brad Gillis played with him. I, I saw him I, with I did Brad not know Gillis. About Pat Travers yep, that's I saw, saw him with Brad Gillis too. I saw Ozzy at the US Festival, the 1983 US Festival. Holy shit, dude, it seems like everyone I grew up in is in the Midwest, so I wasn't at the US Festival. But I know, bro, so many friends of mine from Southern California. We're at that damn Us Festival, dude. Some It was amazing. Some who were my age, so they were like 12. I know this girl who works at uh, Metal Blade Records, my friend Diane. She's like, yeah, my mom let us go to the Us Festival. I was the oldest cousin at the time. She's like 13 or 14. I brought my younger cousins, and, and we, we got on. We took a bus from God knows where. It took them like hours. And so here's these all these little kids with their, you know, teenage chaperone at the US Festival. <laughs> and everybody, dude, everybody under the sun that that I know from Southern California who was there at the time was at that damn festival. Oh, yeah, I've it was the biggest thing ever. Biggest thing ever on dude, Heavy Metal Day, because they had multiple days, but Heavy Metal <laughs> Day was 300,000 right. people on Heavy Metal Day. That was more than the other days combined. They had a New Wave Day, which was so big yep. then, but Metal Day beat out New Wave Day, which was great. I, I remember that's what I, that's what I, heard, yeah. I had a car. I was just 16, and I told my dad, I'm like, see you later. I'm, go I'm going to a festival for the weekend. And I drove me and my friends to the Us Festival, and, you know, we basically partied all night long the night of and and then i remember i was home i was probably more messed up than david lee roth was because i don't know if you remember david lee roth you know van halen was the headliner and there's so many videos yeah. and talk of his performance that night because he was so messed up on stage that he was like doing ain't talking about love and, uh -huh. you know, the band was looking at him, looking at him, and, and he just got on the mic. He's like, I effing forgot the words. And he really did. And the whole <laughs> crowd cheered. Uh, and then, you know, basically some guy was uh, heckling him in the crowd. And he yelled at me. He goes, I'll eff your girlfriend. It was like just classic David Lee Roth. <laughs> and I remember, like, I was so messed up that day because I did so much <laughs> that by the time Van Halen came on, I was just sitting on the ground, and I thought I was at a party at my friend's house. Didn't, I'm in the middle of 300,000 people, and I had no clue. I was just like, oh, and they're playing a Van Halen record. Cool. And then afterwards, you know, it took me and my buddy. There were four of us. Two of my buddies found my car. It took me and my buddy... Literally, we walked for eight hours to find my car. Like, we didn't find it till morning, like, after it was over. Oh, my God. You know, dude. it was like because there were miles and miles of cars. And, you know, I was already, like, so screwed up that there's no way. And, you know, my friends were sleeping on the hood of my car when we <laughs> when we finally found it. You know, it's definitely yep. one of those stories that... Well, it, like, I'm so glad I got to experience it. it. Was It was definitely an experience of a lifetime, for sure. Dude, that, that's unreal. I know um, there is uh, there's a thing I saw specific to your story about, about Van Halen. Um, the uh, 
you know, like that, that Apple computers dude, that Steve Wozniak, he, he's one of the guys that was behind the US Festival, and they paid like a million and a half dollars to Van Halen to, to play that, that fest, and um, I don't think they had toured in like, you know, for three or four months before that, so they were a bit rusty, but you're exactly right, that's one of those, that performance specifically, not just the US Festival, which, as you know, is, went down in history, completely legendary, but um, Van Halen, specific to David Lee Roth, man, he was like practically falling on stage, oh, yeah. drunk, forgetting lyrics and all that stuff, you know. But um, and think about that though, man. Nineteen eighty three, one point five million dollars to pay a headliner—that's yeah. a lot of money. To, like, I Massive. think tickets back then to go to a show would have cost you like two bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's. Unreal, dude. Unreal. Yeah, and the I fact... I look at old ticket stops of mine, and I'm like, that's all it costs to go see Slayer or Metallica? Shit. Oh, yeah, I used to see, like, like Slayer five, five. every weekend. And, you know, speaking of Metal Blade Records, okay, a story about how I met Brian Slagle is he worked at a record store called Oz Records in the Valley. And that's when he started yep. Metal Blade, and I knew him, and I was friends with him, and I used to go into the record store, and that's how I really, he was genius, a genius, because how I learned about most of the bands was by go, walking into that record store, and I'd come in, and he'd give me some import, he'd like, check this band out, you know? I remember he did that, the first one he did that with was Venom, Welcome to Hell, and... yep. Uh, that was my first experience to something that dark, you know, and that was even before Slayer was even playing. Yet, oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And, way, way before. And, yeah. yeah. And I just remember it's so funny because talk about horror and stuff, you know, back in the day, having an album was an experience, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just track 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 it was you bought this album you sat down you pulled the lyrics out you read the lyrics while you're listening to the album and i remember the first time i heard welcome to hell it scared the shit out of me like because i'm reading the lyrics and i'm like <laughs> oh my god you know but yeah. then by the time the album was over i was like in love you know and like this is like now this is my thing now you know type of thing and then of course one of my all-time favorites ever came out, Slayer. So I used to see them every weekend in L.A. And, you know, that that time in L.A. was a very special time in metal before the record company screwed it up with, with the hair metal crap and stuff like that, you know. Because a lot of those hair metal yeah. bands, they weren't hair metal till the record labels got a hold of them and said, here, do this, stupid crap, you know. Right. So... It, it's it's good to see what I want to bring it to too because it kind of dr dr like I was very involved in music. I played uh, drums, I played guitar, I sang thrash metal, but I was like, yeah, I'm like pissed off at this whole hair metal thing and the posing out. And I remember Metallica calling them posers and sellouts, and I love them, but and I still love them now. But you know, I just remember that drove me away from music. And I think what's great today is we have come back to real music and like a band like yours, you know, but then now we have your book and 
I think it. I think it just all ties together. To be honest, I. I think anybody that doesn't realize, like having a horror book, and being a, in a death metal band, they. I think they just go hand in hand. It's like peanut butter and jelly right there. So. Um, they do, man. They do. I. I always. Uh, kind of use this analogy, bro. Like if you know what a yin and yang symbol look like, I. That's my life. There you go. One, the yin is the is the, is the music. The Yang is the writing. The two of them; those are my two biggest artistic passions. Nice, you know? and and I, I make it work. You know, they do go together. So your book, Rabbit Heart, is coming out October third, uh, and yep. it's via uh, Afraid Horror imprint of Riverdale Avenue Books. Uh, yes, sir. That's correct. And so why don't you tell our listeners how they can buy the book uh, and buy your other books as well and connect with you on social media and all that fun stuff. Sure, absolutely. Um, so Rabbit Heart and uh, my first book, The Armageddon Court, and, and all my books um, are pretty much available through all, all, all booksellers. Now, Rabbit Heart is coming out, as you said, October 3rd. So if... Uh, you can buy it anywhere. If you buy books on Amazon, if you buy books from Barnes and Noble, books a million, uh, any independent bookstore as well. You know, we love supporting indie bookstores. Rabbit Heart's available in paperback. It's available in hardcover. It's also uh, a digital book, so you can read it on anything. Uh, you know, a, a Kindle. You can read it on a Nook or your iPad. And um, shortly, not on not on the third, but I think at the end of October, <clears throat> or maybe first week of November, it's a bit of a delay. But the actual audio book for Rabbit Heart will be available, and that'll be through iTunes and all that stuff. Oh, and the digital versions also through iTunes and Kobo and all these other things. Also, uh, if you go to Jeremy-Wagner.com, that's my official website. Um, it's got all the, uh, my complete, you know, bibliography. So all the short stories I've published, other things I've published are there and all the order buttons and all that good stuff. And then, yeah, if anyone out there is uh, big on social media and wants to follow, uh, my adventures and, you know, crazy content I post, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's the same handle at Jeremy X Wagner. Uh, for those, and then um, I have an official um, uh, author Facebook page, and I believe that's at also at Jeremy X Wagner. It's, it's an author page, you know. Just uh, look for the long-haired guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that's my world right there. So nice, nice. Well. Uh, thanks for making such great horror books and uh, and great music as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on your show today. This is definitely the the highlight of my morning. Um, I've been doing a lot of press for Rabbit Heart, and um, this is the first time where I've actually had uh, an opportunity to chew the fat with uh, you know someone that's like me, which is yourself, you know. 
growing up in the 70s. You know, as soon as you told me you read the Omen paperback, dude, you, had, you really got my attention. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real pleasure talking to you, man. Thank you. Yeah, and ditto here. Normally, you know, I do like 10, 15-minute interviews with uh, people, whether it's authors or bands, and but... You know, it's it's good it's good conversation, a lot of stuff. So kudos to you, you know, that we kept this going for so long. And uh, I really urge my listeners to go out there and get your book and uh, check it out. And uh, you know, I think they'll be very happy. Awesome, man! Thank you for that. I appreciate it. My pleasure, and thanks for all you're doing. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you soon. Yeah, look forward to it, brother. Cheers to you and all your listeners. You got it. And there it is. Fun, fun fact. Yes. Um, Carrie Fisher auditioned for Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Wow. She, uh, they had the writer for Carrie and Star Wars in the same room. I guess back then that's what they did to, you know, save money. And she thought, because I'm reading her autobiography, I love the book. And she said that she wanted Carrie, because how funny would it be Carrie playing Carrie? Yeah, no doubt. And she got Leia. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, I, I, you know, both launched careers. Yeah. Okay, because Sissy Spacek, her career was launched mm-hmm. with Carrie. I, I don't. I love Carrie Fisher, but I think she. Princess Leia was her, like she she did no an doubt. amazing. Well, that's play. where the guys that are casting they're smart. They can pick up on who would be iconic. I don't think I think she would have done good with Carrie, but I don't think she would. I don't think she has enough of an evil look. Like uh, Sissy Spacek just has that look yes. that she can give. That oh yeah, Carrie was one of my, my. I did. I was not pleased with the remake, but you know me. I'm I'm also. I wasn't big pleased with the remake either. But you know me. I, I don't like remakes. I like the older movies, anyways. Just like there was one question I was going to ask, and I forgot to, and we kind of ran out of time. Was what what he was thinking about that we have another new Halloween coming out? I okay. See, I really want to see it. I love. Scare. To me, it's kind of enough already. Well, yeah, I think. <laughs> That bastard just needs to die. <laughs> well, I, he doesn't have to die, but maybe, you mo- know, move to Florida. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Vacation, get some sun, guy. Yeah, no, retire to Florida. Yeah. There's, um, but I agree. I'm going to go see it anyways because I love movies like that. But, I mean, like, I agree with you. Like, you know, how many times can you do a movie? It's just getting ridiculous. Just like Jason got ridiculous and oh Freddy Krueger got ridiculous. Uh, How can you ruin stuff that's just iconic by playing it out like that? Not even. When they did Freddy versus Jason, I was done. Like, that was the dumbest movie they've ever made with those two. It was pretty stupid. I laughed hysterically. Speaking of horror, have you watched the new American Horror Stories? Oh, I didn't know it was on already. Yeah, uh... Tomorrow will be the second week. Oh, then I have. I thought I had it recording, so I guess it didn't record. I'm gonna have to pull it no. up. I wonder what else I have not recording that's been playing. I'm gonna have to look. I, up. I, people, my friends don't want to watch it with me anymore because I found it comical. <laughs> like you know, they're saying that you know something. Uh, it's gonna tear up. What was it? It was a, a bomb that was gonna hit Los Angeles in like an hour. And everybody's running like they're going to go somewhere. To me, that was funny. What are you doing? Like, you're going to die. Just let it go. Yeah. Stop running. Sit in your TV. 
get drunk, do what, do whatever else you wanted to do in life. You're going to die anyway, so you can die how you want and call it a day. All right. Well, we're going to leave horror now, okay? And we're going to go to our next segment coming up. Which is it is, like the best financial advice you can get? Best ever. Oh, for there your we business. Go. So we'll be right back here on the Adventures of Pipe Man W4CY Radio with small business capital segment. Stay tuned. If you need capital for your business or investment, the Loan Whisperer team has your solutions. Loan Whisperer Group delivers asset-based capital solutions, cash flow-based capital solutions, and credit-based solutions through their investor and lender partners, providing small business loan solutions from $20,000 to $20 million. Call 844-249-3621 to discuss your situation and capital need. The team is here to help. Call 844-249-3621 today. We're back here on the Adventures of Bite Man W4CY Radio with our very special guest with our weekly segment that I look forward to every week. It's Small Business Capital with Michael Schumacher. How are you? Hello, Dean. Doing terrific today. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Absolutely, as always. And even better now that you're with us uh, because we're going to give some really sound business financial advice to people out there. And I, I just love helping businesses and you're the person to do it. Great. That's, uh, you know, that's uh, my passion. It's my livelihood, but it's also my passion. I just really enjoy what I do. It's great to get up every day and help businesses. Nice. So let's start off by talking about, you know, some business lessons from a half marathon. Tell us what that's all about. Yeah. You know, it's business ownership is a lonely place. We've talked about that before. You feel a little isolated. And it's really nice to kind of hear from others in business and relate to what they have experienced and maybe gain some new insights or refresh some old insights. Um, there's an article by uh, Scott Salmer. He's a Fortune 500 CEO. He's uh, pretty well known. And he published an article in Business Insider recently that was uh, Lessons from a Half Marathon. And I thought, well, you know, this guy's great. He's out training for half marathons, and I can barely walk five blocks. But anyways, this guy is, uh, you know, he's a he's an experienced CEO, and he really speaks to, in the article, three things that he gains from, lessons he gains from his workout routine. And basically, he's preparing for a half marathon during this. And uh, he's done a few since then. Uh, you know, one of the things that he really says you learn from a half marathon that you can apply to being a CEO. And I would uh, suggest that any of these things he talks about applying to a CEO of a Fortune 500 company can also apply to a small business owner, sole proprietor, and uh, anybody who's in business 
um, these really make sense. So is his lesson number one is running the course with others can help you run faster or lo- longer. It's, it's interesting. We're all, as business owners, isolated somewhat. We're um, just in a position where we, we're the last line of defense and we're kind of on our own. But when we find ways to connect with other business owners, even in different industries, whether it be networking events, dedicated groups that work together, however it may be, if you can connect with other business owners, uh, you'll be able to run your business faster and longer is, is the theory there. And I think that makes a lot of sense because we really do uh, benefit from that um, association and connection with other business owners. We're not alone anymore. Another thing he, he points out that can be um, sort of a lesson from training for half marathons is if you want to avoid being overwhelmed, you do that by focusing on small, achievable goals. And as business owners, we need to continue to think about the big picture. We all get that. But the way tasks get done is by focusing on small, achievable goals, knocking those off. We have to continue to look to the big picture, but we've got to get those daily, weekly, and monthly tasks done, and we do that by focusing on those. And I think whether you're running a half marathon or running a business, that makes a great deal of sense. The other lesson that he found from uh, his training for a half marathon is don't let any setback throw you back, throw you off your path. You need to be flexible and you need to adapt. The future holds all kinds of uncertainty for us. And although we're focused on our mission, the way we achieve that mission when this uncertainty around us is striking is we just stay flexible and we adapt while we're focusing on what we want to accomplish. So that flexibility, that ability to adapt is so important in today's environment. Whether it's an external challenge or an internal challenge, we've got to be flexible and adapt while still focusing on what our mission is. So I thought those were great lessons, Dean, that uh, that uh, Scott brought out in his article, and I would encourage everybody to, to read the article. It's a quick read, and again, it's in Business Insider. Nice. I love those articles that you find uh, for us because they're, they're definitely great articles and something that I think is helpful for anybody out there, whether they have a business or not, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I'm not a creative guy um, by nature. I don't have any artistic talents to that. But I, one of the things I've learned as a business owner, and I think all of us as business owners get that, is we don't have to be creative, but we do have to be innovative. And innovative is finding things maybe from a different industry or a different area and adapting them to work in our business. That's innovation. We don't have to create something new. We find ways to learn from other industries, from other areas, and adapt those to our business. So I think this concept of innovation, I get a lot out of it by reading a lot of disparaging articles, not disparaging, disperse articles around business. And I want to make sure that um, when I share those, I'm not sharing them as absolute truth. I'm just sharing them as ways to garner a little knowledge. You adapt it to your business and innovate how you feel. Absolutely. I agree. And uh, so I have a question for you, Michael. Blended capital or structured debt? Yeah. You know, we've talked um, on the show quite a bit about debt facilities really stream from one of three things. You have asset-based facilities where the main focus 
of the facility as assets. You have cash flow where the main focus of the debt facility is the cash flow of the business. And then you have credit-based facilities where you have uh, a credit as the main driver of, of that facility. And the real solution that we all want to get to, and this is going to give us the best capital solution, by best I mean most amount of money and lowest cost. And that is to find a blended solution that uses asset-based, cash flow-based, and facilities. It might be three facilities. It might be one facility that does all three things. But if we can blend that, that's really what structured debt is all about. We're can structuring you, it. Can you repeat on the three. third one for me? Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's credit-based. So you know you've got asset-based, cash flow-based, and then facilities that are credit-based. And what we really want to do is just find ways to blend these in a structured debt. So one example, I've got a client I'm working with right now. Um, this is about a $5 million facility we're putting together. And they didn't quite have enough assets to support a $5 million facility. They didn't have quite enough cash flow. And they had some credit, but it really didn't support a $5 million facility. So what we were able to do is put together an asset-based facility, a cash flow-based facility, and a credit-based facility. None of these three are tripping over each other in collateral. And we put those three together, and we were able to get to a total $5 million. And that came in at the blended cost that is the best cost of capital for their situation. So that's really probably the most powerful form of capital that we can find is when we were able to blend asset cash flow and credit-based facilities into a solution or a structured debt solution that really gets the most amount of money for that business at the lowest total cost of capital. And so what if people are hearing this uh, and they just really need more information, need to know more how to make a decision of what to do for their business financially, what would be their next step? Well, um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is to dial 844-249-3621, or they can email me, mike at loanwhisperer.org. Again, that telephone number is 844-249-3621, and the email is mike at loanwhisperer.org. And they can always listen right here on the, on the radio station at 10 p.m. Eastern Time to our small business capital radio Small Business Capital Daily Radio Show. It's also available on Talk for Podcasting and iHeartRadio. So there's a you know there's a number of ways to reach me directly, but there's also ways to get the information through the station. Beautiful. Are there any other bits of advice or words that you want to share with our listeners that they think and that you think they need to know uh, about the subjects we talked about today, or or anything else specifically? You know. Yeah, I, I think that the the message to share for this week is uh, persistence and diligence pays. A lot of times we go into a situation and we're, let's say you're a business owner and you're looking for a million dollars and working capital and you've got a use of funds and you kind of have an idea in your mind of how that needs to happen. And I, I think you just need to persevere sometimes if you get turned down once. And you need to also be flexible and adapt because your goal isn't the type of facility you get. Your goal is to get what the amount of money you need 
to do what you want to do and to get it at the lowest possible cost. So flexibility, adaptability, and persistence will really pay off anytime you're working on capital. So, and I have another question. You know, a lot of business owners, they get all kinds of solicitations, whether it be by phone, by email, by regular mail, for, you know, options for loans, options for, you know, financing, lines of credit, you know, uh, uh, advance, uh, charge advances and stuff like that. First of all, how do we know who's legitimate and who's not? And what would be a great reason that they should deal with you opposed to any of these other people out there trying to solicit their business? Yeah, I, I think the first determining factor that people really want to look at is you do want to work with somebody you trust. But, you know, you can help determine that level of trust by making sure they're asking you the right questions in the very beginning. And the two questions I always think need to be addressed that sometimes aren't are number one, how are you going to use the money you're looking to raise? And then number two, what's the financial benefit? And if the person you're working with isn't really diving in and helping you to understand that and helping themselves to understand that, then you probably have a problem. And uh, I can tell you that we always have those two questions in the very beginning of working with a client. Uh, I like to believe that, uh, you know, that's the right way to go about it. I also think you need to talk to the person you're working with and really understand what the compensation situation looks like, how they're rewarded in getting you funds. I know that uh, we've set up a number of different programs where we make sure our goals are congruent. In other words, how we get compensated really works well and is consistent with how you want your deal to work. Those are all things that contribute to this. Nice. Uh, well, I want to say to our listeners that, you know, just because I know you and because of how passionate you are about this and how educated and experienced you are that, there's really only one option. You know, if you have small business capital needs, Michael Schumacher is that one option. Uh, I I think you're going to be making a smart decision to get more information. Uh, definitely connect with Michael. Don't forget his uh, podcast uh, show is right here on W4CY Radio every night at 10 p.m. It's also available on Talk4 Podcasting where... There's actually three shows, uh, Small Business Capital Daily, Small Business Capital, and Small Business Capital History, and as well as iHeartRadio, where we also have those three shows. And, Michael, if you could one last time also tell uh, our listeners how they can reach out to you and connect with you and ask you some questions. Yes, 844-249-3621, or you can email me, Mike at LoneWhisperer.org. Dean, I really appreciate the time today. Hope your audience has a wonderful day, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Ditto. Uh, thanks for being here, and uh, you have a beautiful day and a beautiful week, and thanks for helping all the business owners out there. Cool. Look forward to it. Thank you. You got it.
Loan Whisperer Group, when they work on your capital need, they are working on a solution specific to your need. Loan Whisperer Group begins by understanding your business and your need. Then they tailor a solution that meets that need. Please call Loan Whisperer Group at 844-249-3621 to discuss your situation and your need. Not every business funding opportunity is a nail, so they use the entire toolbox, not just a hammer. Call 844-249-3621 today. Bourbon and Beyond 2018, September 22nd and 23rd at Champions Park with Sting. John Mayer, Robert Plant, and the Sensational Space Shippers, Lenny Kravitz, Counting Crows, David Byrne, Cheryl Crow, Brian Setzer, Kaleo, Government Mule, Keb Moe, and so much more. For all the details, go to bourbonandbeyond.com. The celebration of the spirit and soul of Kentucky. Bourbon and Beyond. This is Ernie C. from Body Count. You're listening to W4CY Radio. Saturday, October 6th, pledge your rock allegiance with a special appearance by Limp Bizkit. Bring in all the hits. Papa Roach. This is my last resort. Motionless in white. Live at BB&T Pavilion and Wiggins Waterfront Park with Bullet for My Valentine, Skillet, Beartooth, Guar, Fuzzy, and more. Go to rockallegiance.com for ticket, VIP, and festival information. Monster Energy's Rock Allegiance. So come and get it. So come and get it right here on the Adventure Spite Man W4CY Radio. Uh, we have another interview coming up here in just a minute uh, with a great, great band from France. So stay tuned for that. Meantime, Rebel, yes. wh- what do you have to say for yourself? Not a damn thing. I love her. You're, you're, <laughs> you're so involved. I know. All of that and you have nothing to say. <laughs> There's so much. I mean, so much stuff to process. Now, my brain's on slow function today. I don't want to process anything. How's a, I'm going to use a Passover question. How is this day different from other days? Nah. Well, most of the time it's multitasking. And right now it's just not. It's like on burnout. So. No, I was more like, you know, the slow functioning brain. Isn't that like a Louisiana gene? No, not at all, because I couldn't function and multitask as much as I do on a regular daily basis if I was slow functioning. Okay, if you say so. I know so. <laughs> and how about you, we Peanut? You have anything to contribute? I think uh, all the interviews today were pretty pretty legit. Pretty and Too legit to quit? Uh, too legit to quit. There you go. Play that song. That's a good one. <laughs> legit, baby. You can play it on your show. How's that sound? I already got my show booked up. Sorry. That doesn't Although mean... I will put it out there another day, you know, just for you. What is your show anyway? It is in your face with a rebel metal, and you can hear it here on W4CY.com at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. Doesn't she have a, p- a pedophile show, too? No, but she does have a woman show called Rebels Rocker Room, and that's oh, on maybe that was W4WN.com, and that is, on, that is on at 1 o'clock Eastern Time on W4WN Radio. 
She is an incredible show host. You know, not like she is on the show here. When she has her own show, she's really good. I never get to plug shows, so that's why I plug hers. Uh, but but I do have a question, Rebel. What? Okay. Do you wear a romper during Rebel's romper room? Only sometimes. Only sometimes. I actually have to pull the romper out now that you remind me. Yeah. I, I, I love one. rompers, but I hate going to the bathroom in rompers. Like, just, no, it's a pain in the butt. You're naked yeah, when you pee. <laughs> I just want the, you know, the fetish people to fantasize while they listen to your show. I don't think that, um, I don't think that it's all about that. I think they want to fantasize about urinating in your romper. Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't like man rompers, but my brother got a pretty legit 4th of July man romper, and I wasn't mad about it at all. It was like, um... The, the top of it was like a, it looked like a white shirt and collar, like a nerdy shirt, and it had a bow tie and like pens in it. And the bottom oh. looked like a American flag swimsuit, but it wasn't. It was it was a romper. I couldn't even hate on it. Too legit to quit. All right. Can we get to this interview? I'm, We're getting to it right this second. That's well, why I was saying too legit to quit. This shut you up already. I've been waiting for this interview, so you shut up. <laughs> you said you said that. <laughs> no, you said that. <laughs> no, you. I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. All right. On that note. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> we're gonna go with a little interview with Garot. So stay tuned. It's yeah. What 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 what's he putting his hand up for? Do All I right. have to continue talking because he's not ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's do this, Captain Nutster. And we're going to play and do this interview, and then we're going to be out of here. We're not going to be in your face. We're going to be out of your face right here on the Adventures Pipe Man W4CY Radio. <laughs> hey, you're looking on to the Adventure on W4CY Radio. Pipe Man here on the Adventures of Pipe Man W4CY Radio. I'm very excited. Uh, we are about to interview an amazing band by the name of Gorak. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for coming us <laughs> to the show. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I want our listeners to know that we're uh, reaching out internationally. You're out there in France right now, correct? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we are all of the band live in the southwest of France, so nearby Spain in a pretty sunny area. So, yeah, this is where we are. So, it's like 9.30 here, 9.30 p.m., and yeah, we're good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we have a location in Brussels, actually. So, uh, you know, uh, we are ve- very, we love your area of the world. In some ways, better than our area nowadays, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, I don't know which is the best actually, but yeah, we feel pretty good where we are because we are near by the mountains, we're near by the ocean and the sea, so that's not that bad in the end, in case for sure politicians doesn't help. For, <laughs> they really don't help to make their life easy, but yeah, we, anyway, we try to make it. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I want to talk about your new album that's going to be dropping October 19th. It's your 10th studio album, and it's supposed to be a real game changer for the band. So tell me a little bit about it. 
So there are many changes on it because, yeah, first of all, there was the composition process that were kind of different from the previous one because I would say, let's keep in mind the word emergency. So it's been the fastest composed album of the bands ever. I mean, for example, we just started to think about making it. It was the end of November. Probably Matthew started, because we have one main guitar composer, composer who is composing all the songs. So to unleash the first riff in December, and the vocal tracking uh, recording were completely over in the first weekend of April. So you can imagine how fast was it. So for sure, it made... It, it means that this is a change because you don't have to time to think to overthink about how this riff can be about how this thing. So it's pretty spontaneous recording. And moreover, this time has been the mixing session has been done by someone else because we're pretty used to do everything ourselves because our Mathieu, also the composer, owns his own, his own studio. And this time, the mixing session and uh, mastering were done by Daniel Bergstrand, so of, in Sweden, who made Meshuga, The Heimats, and so many other great bands. So finally, this time, we had a second uh, looking, yeah, second way of seeing things that were involved in the creation process. So sure, many things changed <laughs> in the process of creating it. Absolutely. And so how would you describe your music from your point of view to our listeners who have never heard you guys before? So this is, uh, this still can be considered as death metal for sure, kind of a mixture between old school and new school because, you, you know, we are trying to keep stay in the new scene, but we are old guys now <laughs> compared to it. And so we have always been connected with the kind of technical stuff. But most of the things is that Mathieu, for example, the composer and most of the band are pretty connected with the music. They're all psychedelic rock from the 70s. So the, I would say the, we are pretty linked with the music like King Crimson and also Chick Corea and Aldi Meola, this kind of guitar players that are playing some weird experimental, not noisy, but uh, really technical stuff, but in more in the rock manner than uh, a real nerdy death metal thing, I would say, because yeah, we are more into rock stuff, which is progressive in, the, in this manner. So you, just in case you like rock from the 70s, but played in the manner of death metal of the uh, year 2000s, yeah, that, that could be a great mixture of it. <laughs> I love that. That's a great <laughs> explanation right there. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, I find something funny, too. Okay, so you're you're the vocalist. Your name is Julian, but you also go by Nuts, N-U-T-Z. And what I find incredible that, about that is our show here. It's called The Adventures of Pipe Man. And my co-host, I call my pipe Nuts the same way, N-U-T-Z. So uh, <laughs> we... It, it, it only makes sense that we should have you on my show because you could just be another one of the pipe nuts. <laughs> that makes sense. It's actually a very, very old surname because my first name is actually Julien. And it's an extremely common name in here in France. And when you are born in the late 70s and the beginning of the 80s, and for example, in the um, classroom when I was younger, the, there was a time we were maybe seven Julian with exactly the same name. So no one 
could knew in the end our names there. So we had to find a way to have kind of surname. And because I was a kind considered a sort of nuts breaker or super annoying with people because I was always chatting with music and and making noise and um, like yeah. Because not not only hyperactive but super annoying, and this is why I've, I got this surname nuts. <laughs> but because it's Facebook, it means crazy and also nuts breaker, bull breaker, something like this. Yep. So it, it, it comes from it. <laughs> no doubt, exactly. And I I also what really impresses me too, because I, I like to look at other hobbies and experiences and things that musicians have because you know a lot of listeners they just think of the musician as a musician like they have no other life outside of music but you julian you actually have a master's in art history and you also work as a tour guide and an art historian so that's pretty cool uh, yeah, this is uh, actually my job because yeah, I've, I've always been loving traveling. This whole always been my thing, like traveling, meeting people, speaking, learning language, learning, learning things. And then I finally got involved in studies. And yeah, art history was my stuff, so I get focused. Um, I come from the southwest of France, but I made my master's degree about Prague, so Czech Republic, wow. in the year 1900. So that was my specialty. And then I started to get, you know, all the language, all the culture, and it fits pretty well with music. Because when you are a musician, you love traveling also when you are touring and kind of internationally. For me, this is both connection with music and art, because when you are traveling to cities, my passion is going also to museums, visit exhibitions, seeing monuments that you don't have, never have the opportunity otherwise to see. And and also when I'm home, I'm welcoming tourists. And for example, this afternoon, I was with tourists from the U.S. also, and I'm explaining the stories of my city as well. So this is always a kind of sharing. So yeah, this is exchange. This is definitely my thing. <laughs> that's for sure. And that, I, I just think that's really cool. And I think it goes hand in hand. That's why I want to bring it up to our listeners, because a lot of people don't realize, you know, you know, all kinds of art. You know, you don't have to just be into one kind of art. There's all kinds of art, and music is an art, and so it just makes sense. Absolutely, and you know, I, even not only in music, everything is connected. Because, yeah, for example, the last show I was, uh, I saw it was actually a classical concert show of uh, Shostakovich Symphonia Number no. Five that was held like just in where exactly 100 meters where I am. <laughs> so this is nice also to be con- connecting all the things go together because art is just something that you create and then it helps for the in a human way to to get closer. But for sure, every art is different in every kind of art because I don't think that summing up an art with a style. Is working a style just um, point to focus or to help the discussion to see what is what the topic is about but yeah it doesn't have to be a border or a barrier or something else you just have to be this is a whole thing and for sure in it there is something that is happening for real. This is the taste of every people. Say everyone has his own sensitivity, his own taste, and you have to take to. Yeah, to take a consideration of it, but I said, or otherwise, I think that everything can be connected. I mean, picture, art, architecture, music, and everything. And probably I'm still looking for the stuff that was looking Richard Wagner when he was talking about the Gesamtkunstwerk, the whole global work that would gather all us together. This kind of fantasy that we so start to realize. 
place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's one thing I do love about Europe and France in particular is some of the, uh, you mentioned architecture. To me, the architecture in Europe is just absolute artwork to me. Yeah, sure, because yeah, the, the old civilization that, and we managed to not destroy everything for sure. <laughs> the nineteenth and twentieth century, because of the First World War and mostly the Second World War, for sure, made disappear many things. But yeah, we still have some rem good remains about it, and um, just to make it survive. But yeah, I think that everyone, everywhere in the world, you have a culture that you don't really know, and you just have to take time to get to know it and for sure anywhere where there have been human humanity or culture or civilization or what no no matter what you how you call it there is something to be connected but yeah for sure i have to admit that in europe we have many things the density of this kind of monuments and architecture is pretty big <laughs> absolutely no doubt about it and so you guys are definitely a live band through and through. And from what I understand, you're going to be planning to bring your uh, trademark power and precision here to North America and do a full tour in support of any new album. This is a one actually of our greatest wish because last time we've been in the U.S. was in 2013, so it's already five years ago. So in 2019, that will be will be six years. So that's too much for us. And moreover, yeah, as what you mentioned before, we love making music, composing it. But after all, we are live performers. I think we are of good old friends playing together. And the thing we like is travel together, having experience and sharing it on stage and performing it. And afterwards, after stage, having discussion and chatting and hanging out with the people who were at the show or just have a good time visiting things so we just can't wait for it but unfortunately nothing yet is scheduled but uh i'm working on it so i'm just having some mail exchanges about making a u.s tour the next year but nothing is really specific yet so hope as soon as possible we'll be there but hopefully probably in april or may no one knows yet <laughs> well i'll lo i love to see it happen i can't wait till you get here and talking more about the album and, and the name of the album specifically, what significance does the name of the album have to you? Wow, it took me so much time to, to choose this name, of, to choose this name specifically, not to find a topic. Because just, just to tell you the whole history, I was actually in Paris. Uh, I can do uh, as I'm a tour guide. I can go to any museum uh, in uh, free entrance. I'm not waiting at a queue and no, nothing. I'm just going there. And there was a um, retrospective exhibition of uh, Paul Gauguin. Maybe you know this painter, <laughs> so he's pretty famous. And then I saw a picture of him who was uh, epitomizing the goddess of the moon, but in Tahiti. So in Polynesian culture, and she was named Ina, Ina and I'd never heard of it before and i was like yeah this talks about the moon and was fascinated about it and then i went out i saw the moon and was like yeah for sure i have to find a topic which is talking about the moon because the moon everyone has something with the moon so in any culture in anywhere in the world in any time in the words or any through the ages of or peoples the moon is connected with humanity as it always been so i wanted to start to find a topic about it and then in the whole album the each song is talking about a specific topic in a world, in a region, in a, in a time. So it's like a world to worldwide tour of 
the, the goddess and the gods dedicated to the moon. And Aithra is one of this one, but this is one of the most mysterious one because I wanted to talk about the Greek culture, but for the Greek it's Selene. I don't know the word in English, so it ends. She has a mother, and her mother sometimes is named Aithra. And Aithra is also the name of the big star that was hitting this, uh, the, the Earth. And she's away. We don't know anything about her. But the only stone that is left is the moon. And Aithra is the mother of the moon, but the unknown mother. And so I, it was a sort of philosophical topic that, was, that is developed on it and about a, the construction of a myth and a creation and many things. So, and then I, I left possibility of people to think themselves about it nice so I, it. <laughs> I love it i love it and that yeah i i rarely would ask a question like that but i i felt that this needed to get out there so people could understand and you know so iathra is uh being dropped on october 19th via overpowered records uh, yeah. can, can you tell our listeners how they can connect to you guys on social media, uh, how they can buy the new album when it comes out, and all that fun stuff, and any pre-sale type of things going on? Oh, the problem is, you know, I'm still just, I'm just a singer, I'm writing lyrics, I'm trying, to, <laughs> working on things, and this is kind of be a bit more too professional for me. <laughs> uh, I'm, this is not really the thing, I'm, I'm not really good at giving the best answer for that but it's supposed to be out yeah as you mentioned before on the 19th of october but the best way is to follow our facebook page in the end because this is the thing we are thinking we are running it ourselves so through this media in case you need there will be something else happening or something new something whatever and we will we post a link and this will be the the, the, the best way to yeah, to get to know when it will be ready to be ordered or what but yeah please just stay connected with the gora official facebook page in the end this is the most reliable way to get in touch with us and that's all i can say <laughs> that works uh, so everybody go to facebook.com gora official it's g-o-r-o-d official and yeah, check it are, out actually the band members are running it ourselves so yeah this is the only way to get in touch directly and also via the man management but it's more dedicated to the show so but via the Facebook for usual questions this is the best way and then you are directly connected with us so that's it <laughs> nice i love it well i uh, i can't wait till the album comes out and i urgently i strongly urge our listeners to pick it up is definitely a badass album and I sure hope you do make it to North America and we can see you uh, on tour over here in the States. We will. We will make it no matter what. Yeah, this is my purpose. And um, now I'm starting to care about because I'm more, a bit more than a singer now. And I have to uh, look, look for this kind of tours. I'm uh, like occurring on the international. I'm really, really working on making a U.S. tour because this is my main purpose, to be honest. Because this is where my examples of music come from. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm a super fan of soul music from the 60s and psychedelic rocks from the 70s. And this is my, for me, this is where I was educated. U.S. educated me about music, so <laughs> I have to give it back and going back about there and have exchange with it. So Love I think it. We, are, we remain pretty connected and no matter what, we will be there. I can't wait. And thanks for taking time with us here. And uh, 
I look forward to hearing a lot more from you. And everybody, again, October 19th, watch out for the new album dropped on October 19th, Aethra from Gorat. That's it. So, yeah, yeah. And about this album, just one last thing. I know that it will be kind of deception according to super old school fan, but this is a new thing. And, you know, we are all getting older. We want to do experience more stuff, but we are still not actually perverting ourselves. This is still Gorat music and it's still the same shit, but we just introduced new stuff and we're trying to do it. no matter what. In case some people won't like it, some people will like no matter what. We're just making stuff we love and we just want to share it. But for sure, on the set list, there will be things from any, all the albums. So, yeah, come. Come and, yeah, coming over, coming out on live and just party with us and enjoy the music because music is the most important thing in the end. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks a lot for all your time and the great music you give us. Cheers. Yeah, thanks a lot for your interest, for your time and things. And hope to see you as soon as possible in the US. Yes, definitely. Perfecto. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY Radio.